episode number two. Thank you so much if you followed along from the first episode. And that's quite the long journey, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, if you're catching this for the first time, welcome. We appreciate each and every one of you so much. We got to say, Dan, I know you feel the same way. The response after the first one, we really, we were really happy with it. Yeah, not expecting it. Thank you so much for yeah. listening. And uh, we got more for you. Yeah, we, we definitely knew we weren't going to stop at one. But after that response, there was uh, no choice but to continue. So hopefully we'll be at it for a long time here. But we'll uh, see how it goes. We're definitely going to keep tweaking and figuring things out as we move along. But again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, follow along, subscribe if you haven't. But we decided, well, actually, first, we thought, because we didn't really give you much background on us in the first episode. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily exactly what you're here for, but given a little background, can't hurt. So Dan and I, we actually go back to, uh, we've known each other since elementary school. The uh, kind of funny thing about that is we really, you know, we were friendly and whatnot. We lived very close to each other, but we actually really didn't become close friends until after we left public school uh where we uh we started working together in a a local uh local establishment to say the least (laughs) yeah to say the least and um yeah that's when uh you know we we, uh, that's when we became uh, much closer and it actually wasn't a few years after that more towards the pandemic where we both kind of realized that we had this kind of super hardcore soprano fandom uh Dan had watched it before I had. I had watched it years back. We both had seen it. You know, we were both too young when the show came out. Right. Uh, we weren't too young when the show ended, but still kind of missed that wave. Yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, well, like 13 maybe or so yeah. when it ended. A- around there. So, yeah. We were, we not, were def- yeah, definitely not the age to, I don't think, for the, for this heavy content of this show. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it for that. <laughs> not, not who they were going for. Def- yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> Uh, we were both aware of what the finale was or what the ending of the Chino, uh, show was at that time because we were old enough to be aware of all the conversation that was going on, which was literally everywhere. Yeah. Well, fortunately, fortunate and unfortunate because it was so popular. But, yeah, unfortunate that, you know, you had the ending kind of ruined for you before uh, you could ever get to watch it. So, uh, you know, it, it really uh, wasn't the end of the world, though, I think still watching it i feel like i had that so far in the back of my mind i didn't like finally when it came around it was like oh here it comes and then yeah exactly uh, i had the same exact uh, same exact feeling we uh we both have an italian background we're not uh we're in new york we're not too close to uh to the to the jersey area where the sausage was made you might say but uh we're not too far either so uh, Johnny Sachs, native New York. Right, e- exactly. <laughs> S- somewhere around that that general v- vicinity. And like we said, the pandemic, all the conversation and the resurgence that went on, like we, we decided we needed to be a part of it. And that's when we, we, we made the Twitter. I think the date on the Twitter might date back a little earlier because it was my personal Twitter that, you know, I just didn't what my own usual nonsense that you might follow along with and see but we decided during the pandemic that we got had to get involved and we really like we mentioned during the first episode appreciative and thankful of kind of the following or you know everybody loves memes yeah (laughs) so if you if you deal in memes that's uh that's kind of the recipe for success on twitter but that's kind of the uh the background as it relates to our soprano fandom i guess you could say so I think we could get into it, and we decided 
Yes. For a couple of reasons that we would focus on uh, the animals all throughout the show, a whole bunch of different animals, uh, maybe some that you maybe didn't even realize. If you're a super hardcore fan, you probably did because this is what we do. We 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 go over the show quite quite deep, but of course, Pyomai. Yes, of course, our podcast namesake, as you can tell. Pot oh my. <laughs> yes. Um, rest in peace. Yes, and rest in peace to the late uh, Goldie, uh, a.k.a. Pi oh my, who just recently passed uh, the uh, uh, past weekend. Yeah. Think, yeah. Just a, just a and, few days um, ago. So uh, kind of a unfortunate but a coincidence that we happened to name the podcast uh, Pot oh my <laughs> at, the, at this uh, time. Yeah, not the best timing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> not the best, but uh don't want to make any jokes. But uh but we're making this in honor of her and uh in honor of uh, all the animals in the show. And that is why this uh episode is titled What Kind of Animal, which is also a uh couple lines in the show as uh, one of our favorite lines uh What Kind of Animal Smokes Marijuana at His Own <laughs> Confirmation. Definitely a fan favorite. Classic line. <laughs> but both the line itself and the delivery. Yes. But we get kind of uh, an introductory introduction into animals in the presence of the show, kind of right off of the bat. Right. The ducks kind of steal the show. A lot of people, a lot of people's main takeaway from the show, even if they've watched every episode, some people, even if they've watched every episode multiple times they still the ducks everybody loves the ducks or some people rather just really love the ducks yep is a very um you know it's kind of a very interesting juxtaposition kind of so to speak that we don't see a lot of in the mafia genre where you have this big you know at that point kind of assumed because we don't see him doing too much at that point it's really the very beginning you don't really see him doing anything at all as a matter of fact but you, you assume he's this big powerful bad mafia boss and He's just captivated and he's swept up and his you yeah, know his heart melts by these ducks in his right. pool. Even crying over in Melfi's office, right? So right. it's just yeah, something that strikes him down to the heart. Um, and uh, Melfi, uh, yeah, she right away she connects it to family and this deep sense that uh, these ducks having these babies in the pool. That's Tony, his family, and them flying away would be Tony's family leaving him. If in the case that he was to maybe die or go to jail, like he says, the couple ways out of, uh, you know, out of the life. And then even if none of those things do happen, that's just the way life is going to be. I mean, people, you know, as kids are going to grow older, things are going to happen. We all have to deal with the reality of, you know, things are going to come and go and we can't we're not going to have control over it. Like he had no control over them coming into his life. They landed into his pool. He didn't decide that. And he has no control over the fact that now they're ready to go. Yeah. They're ready to leave him. Exactly. Yeah. So is life. (laughs) Yeah. Such is life. Such is life. Yes. So. And um, something interesting I found that because because I got the uh, copy of the uh, the same big book of uh, birds that Tony has in the pilot episode with the big eagle on the front of it. I had posted it on the pa- on the Twitter page uh, a few weeks back. Um, I mean, just to say, I mean, the book is fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I showed it. To, I got it like oh, right over here. I mean, like, but in James Gandolfini's hands, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, makes it look, makes uh, it look like it's no big deal. Like a regular, yep. just, you know, medium-sized book, you know. Not it could be a picture book for all we know from what yeah. he's looking at. Right. 
yeah he just, he just kind of dwarfs this uh this book um but a massive book nonetheless and uh <laughs> I, I was trying to look more into ducks and whatnot because tony says also that um in season two he refers to them as mallards and i was kind of confused i looked into you know difference between ducks and mallards because you know what the heck what the heck's the difference right <laughs> i was not familiar yeah so uh yeah there's 120 plus something species of duck and mallard is just one type of them but uh they are uh monogamous birds apparently which uh is pretty interesting how about that seeing that tony is not so monogamous uh in his marriage uh not quite the poster child of monogamy <laughs> right <laughs> that's yeah perfectly well well put <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so very interesting for i mean i'm sure there are other animals in the animal kingdom uh, i'm sure it doesn't just apply to ducks but or mallards so to speak because uh animals i think it was also it, like it, animals it was also there. yeah it was also um a trait of other duck species as well but nonetheless uh pretty interesting and um also uh tony has that weird dream too with uh with the seabird with the seagull that uh i think melfi refers back to you know the ducks again but this kind of uh you know demasculating you know demasculation is that i'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's a is that a word we'll, we'll make go it with word. it we'll make it a word yeah um, from this from this sea seabird that uh, takes his uh, takes his cannoli, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's like a similar sense, you know, not having his family is like uh, him not being the, uh, you know, big papa, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> that was that was a good way to put it, I guess. No, I the, love that's, that's it, a fantastic being, way to put it. Of as being, far yeah, as I see it. of being the father figure of being. The uh, the te- uh, not textbook like father figure, but uh, yeah, the the general, the American, what the was it the uh, nuclear family or right? So um, yeah, um, yeah, still again the sense of uh, yeah, the ducks and family and loss, and we see him again in uh, college when. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Tony whacks uh, Febby and he looks above, he sees R. those Feb. those duckies again flying above. But uh, he's also because he Febby said he could have uh, killed Meadow and him. You know, it's just a uh, sense of his family kind of being torn away from him because of his life. You know, um, and uh, we also have the ducks come into play in another sense through the bird food from the the bird feeder. Forty actually. grand. Don't you deny it. <laughs> Got your cut. <laughs> <laughs> everybody and, uh, loves that. That I will firmly say, I'll die on that hill. Everybody, everybody loves that. It it's really good and it's pretty extensive. It goes on from like season four all the way deep into six. Uh, later on to yeah, I forget the uh, which episode. I think it, it might be chasing cha- it. Yeah, right, right, chasing it. Yeah, and uh, they're all chasing it. Hey. You know, they're chasing that bag. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, yeah, bird feeder. But, yeah, it's through the ducks, you know. And uh, it brings on another animal that we will mention uh, later on. But uh, another mention of the ducks as well, Adriana sees some ducks into season five. She sees uh, 
when when she's speaking with Sam Severino, mm-hmm. and she sees some ducks talking in like a little, little pond. She's talking about Tony. At that same time in that same episode, I think Tony's talking about her to Melfi, and this idea of he could have had a family with Adriana, maybe done things right. And it's kind of uh, interesting contrast there that uh, which know. like you kind of even wonder where where we're i mean to each his own not 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 judging but w- there's such a big age gap what makes him think that that's what have been doing it right <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that it's not uh, i'm there's nothing wrong with having a big age gap no. between like if that's you know if you love somebody who's 10 15 20 years you know as long as as long as you're above age where you're you know 18 years old and older and all that but right it's like I said, he, she's much younger. What makes him think that that would have been doing it right? Yeah. And from her first impression of Tony, she's kind of scared of him. So hey, you got to always go with your first impression. Uh, you know, not a, maybe not always, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of times, Somet- sometimes first impressions. Uh, you I'm know. a big first impression guy. Yeah. So uh, so to speak. And uh, Tony is pretty scary. And uh, he does end up. uh you know, being her demise uh, in a in a sense, I guess, you know. But um, another even, I think, a pretty interesting... Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if this one's one of the last maybe mentions of the, uh, the Ducks and whatnot, because you really... I don't know how much you get of the Ducks in going into season six. I feel like it's kind of, uh, lo- you know, maybe they've flown away completely at this point but and maybe this may be a reason why because um in uh season five episode six when uh carmella and wegler they go out to dinner and she has leftover duck actually mm-hmm. and tony asks her he sees it uh folded uh, it's folded up in like uh also like, looking a, like a duck looking like a duck right um <laughs> and um tony says since when do you eat duck I think that's very interesting because it's like um, very poignant. If ducks are family, then this is you know also Carmelo's way of uh, you know having this family. You walk out on him and trying to se- you know separate the fam. I'm not separate the family intentionally, you know, because she's done with Tony and she's trying to divorce from him. So it's the lack of love there in that moment, right? So again, these ducks and family, the idea of family come in yet again uh all the way into the fifth season um definitely uh yeah definitely a big animal throughout the show yeah people and, probably uh, wanted more of the ducks but yeah may, yeah that may be why it's maybe they weren't into season six unless i'm forgetting to mention if uh, any of you lovely followers have one let us know um but uh anyways uh onward and upward like the ducks uh we're on to the next animal which is pigs oh yes and uh uh, plenty going on with pigs plenty going on with pork especially when you extend it to that that's that's probably where you get the biggest reference um yeah next next to ducks i'd say well because they're it's referenced in other ways not exactly not as pigs uh, yeah that's that's what i meant as far as pigs uh, probably pork is the biggest reference and to the pig as as like a food yeah right because we do see plenty of pig references throughout i mean at the beginning in the show the pilot in the episode in the pilot episode when chris is uh doing that hit on uh emil 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 <laughs> uh we we see the the pig's head behind him we see yes. the 
the later on in the when uh, when he's had when Christopher's having the dream, we see the the sign of the pig. There's yeah. a sign on the actual of the actual pig on the pork store. And and don't forget in the Czech Republic too, you love pork. You ever <laughs> had our sausages? <laughs> All right, and there's definitely, of course. My f- one of my favorite lines throughout the show is, and I think it's underrated. We talked about it the other day. Is I thought the only sausages they made were Italian and then Jimmy Dean's. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that doesn't get enough love. It's a great line. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, gr- it's a very Christopher line, very early it's, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> w- w- which is kind of one of the reasons see that I you, love see it. See what you get when you cross cultures and yeah, shit. Yeah. Maron. <laughs> 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 but so many mes- uh, mentions of pork. Through different uh, means, um, through sausage, clearly, uh, through Gabagool. That is, I think that is like a big fan favorite. I mean, so I guess let me let me go ahead and retract. That's definitely more, more so referred to than than pork. No, but you know, no, I I in pork in general and in the grand scheme, I. But no, the Gabagool. That's the thing. I think the Gabagool. It's mentioned, but it's also visual. Just Tony will slap it down on the counter and just be noshing away at it. So mm-hmm. it's not like um, it's not like you say, "I'm eating gabagool." Car, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? It is. Like, yeah, there are definitely it's not those like he's, moments. Yeah, gabagool he's, over here, of course. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of gabagool. it. Yeah, he's just visually, and he's passing out from it, from mm-hmm. that, from from the sausage True. as well. From the sausage is uh, the fir- first time he's right passes out no yeah. not not uh first time we see him pass of out mind you because he does have uh, a few spells when he's younger as we know um, but yeah that's probably why i thought I, I initially said that yeah there's the verbal references and um yeah so the first time he yeah that we see him have a panic attack at the end of the pilot he's grilling him again with already grilling him with the ba- main azers they're saying it's looking like a phallic thing you know <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, that plus the Gabagool mentions, I mean, yeah, pork, pigs, uh, you know, because the pig also, uh, like you said, it's on Satriales, it's on Chintani in the, in, in the pilot, the real pork store mm-hmm. that exists in New Jersey that they just use for the pilot. But, uh, there is that pig statue on top of the store. So pigs are, a pig is visual. It's visual in every intro theme i guess because they pass by mm-hmm. satrial so you see that little pig there but uh yeah it, it's uh sure you're playing on greed right that type, you know, that type of excess that glut so much yes, of that that which, tony uh, represent the tony and his entire crew represents that and very what, much so yeah w- what That's they use satriel's for exactly what they their their whole business really yeah it's their headquarters and uh and pigs yeah they're in literature and whatnot they're you know a symbolism for greed for power for gluttony for you know all all that uh good stuff bad bad stuff yeah depends yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both a little bit of both depending how you see it i guess but uh glut i guess is usually rarely good but the other stuff yeah it's one, one of the deadly sins as as uh yeah tony as uh, silvio says to tony you know is his deadly sin is uh is pride you know not not gluttony, but uh, maybe so. Maybe that as well. Anyway, um, yeah, the this idea of greed, power, as a symbol of pigs. That's uh, you know, we both read Animal Farm mm-hmm. in high school by uh, George Orwell, and uh, that was you know a very similar concept with having the 
pigs in the top and being the greed powerful they have the dogs do their dirty work and so to speak and um the sheep are the ones who follow and uh you know just uh do what they're told and uh it's yeah it's similar power structure that you get with the uh i feel with the idea of pigs shown throughout right. the show and of course obviously it's some of these things some of these things are just going to make sense just to have because they'll be m- they make sense within the Italian culture of like course. gabagool and pork is obviously right. very much a part of the Italian culture. Sh- should I say capicolo because right. that, that's uh, a lot of a lot of real Italians get mad that <laughs> the sopranos and these characters say gabagool, you know, <laughs> cuz it's like so slangy and not, you know, incorrect. <laughs> but hey, we love it. So uh, you know, what are you gonna do? Right, yeah. right. Like the you know the the fact that there's so much, so much tied into what the food represents and what some of these specific foods that we just mentioned represent. I mean, it's very much real in some senses because when you you go into uh, you know I'm sure a lot of people have families where you you sit down and you realize food is really central to a lot of things wh- yeah. whether they represent quite as much that they represent with the soprano family like because means of Olivia's it means a lot yeah, yeah i mean yeah olivia has a love for the uh, right not yeah. everybody <laughs> goes quite that far <laughs> as as olivia yeah. but it's she really loves that bone in <laughs> 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 anyhow <laughs> a different podcast <laughs> but nevertheless nevertheless it's it's definitely you know a very central part of family unity and a lot of things happen at the dinner table a lot of conversations yeah. a it lot brings, of mo- you know, memories together, moments yeah. good good bad and indifferent a good mention of sausage is the ones that uh tony brings to hugh's 75th obviously right the ones he rubs around in his eyes which uh i thought was a, a risk risky move. can't be sanitary the risky man move. the man has, does not have hel- healthy eyes no he's feeding he's us, got, uh, he's got glaucoma right yeah, what are we doing tony? man's got glaucoma tony what are you doing you have to have uh better Better thought process there. And have Dr. Figoli come in and help him out there. We'll not get an A rating. <laughs> we'll not get an A rating. <laughs> he's not a doctor like, uh, he, well, he's a doctor like Kissinger, I guess. <laughs> but sausage, gabagool. And another mention, actually, I thought was very interesting because of this idea of pork and sausage and all the forms, you know, pork chop, too, I think. Uh, At all. I think people are referred to as pork chops, like uh, Jimmy Altieri. I think Junior calls another fucking pork chop yeah. Alti- Altieri. I mean, the, you know, just list goes on. We'll we can, get to him we can name second. them all, but, uh, you know, yes, and we will get to him momentarily. But um, just to end it with the pigs, actually, which is fitting for this mention, because uh, Jason Gervaisi, in the finale, when they're having that uh, after Bobby's funeral, right? Yes. Right? They're uh, having that big feast. As most Italians would know, you, mm-hmm. hey, that's what we do at funerals, just the, the big old feast after. And many do have a specific restaurant that they will, you know, very yeah. much go to regularly, traditionally with the family in the, in, uh, for yeah. those moments. That, that is very true. And uh, in this scene, Jason Gervaisi, he says, oh, Pa, look, they got the roast <laughs> pork. <laughs> yes. I think it, it's... Always such an interest. I I feel like myself. I'd probably if hey if I was in that position, I, I'd probably look at my dad. Oh look, the roast pork, dad. Look at this. <laughs> like, I'd probably do the same shit. But I thought about it in the sense of all this pork mentioned and roast pork. Like hey, pigs done. You know, 
Show's over, folks. All right. Th- th- that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's also kind of somewhat of the somewhat of um, I guess you wouldn't really want to call it glut, but just the lack of you know the lack of sensitivity for the moment. Yeah. You know the fact that we're oh yeah, and and I think Paulie too is talking about price of uh, cauliflower. Right. I yeah. Yeah. Think so he's I like it's three ninety nine a pound or something, which, which some people think is a reference back to uh, Big Puss with the four dollars a pound, right. which is another one we will get to as well. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. You know, that's a kind of somewhat of a theme that we see throughout the show with dealing with funerals and wakes and different things. Some people have very varying views of the the right behavior. Of course. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that mention of that could be a combination of all those things there at that moment. And but like uh and like I said before, Junior talking about that fucking pork chop altieri <laughs> that that was at a funeral. That right. he said that line. And um to move on to Yeah, I guess that's a, uh, a good time. A good segue into uh something that was stuffed in Jimmy's mouth, which yeah. was a rat. Which was I think one of the only times we actually see a rat but a rat is mentioned sure a heck of a lot well, quite prominently of course throughout the mafia genre so again as, as we mentioned some of these things are going to be present in the show because it makes sense this is present in the mafia genre because it makes sense but it also might make sense for some certain reasons i know dan you did a little background on I, this one i tried to look into it a little bit because i was interested to see what the origin of rat you know was I mean uh, just in general and maybe when the mafia picked it up as a term for their own. So, um, what I found was that uh, well, I was thinking of a there was a phrase that I was thinking of, which is rats and sinking ships. I, I was thinking there was something with that. I I remember reading before something to that effect, and uh, so I looked it up, and there's the line "rats fleeing a sinking ship," or it's maybe even goes back to further, like rats fleeing a burning house or a rotten house. And it's just this idea of rats leaving a undesirable or uh, imminent doom in mm-hmm. s- certain s- in a sinking ship situation. And, uh, hey, what what's like a ship? Uh, mafia crew, right? You, you got your the ship captain. best you can. <laughs> you do, yeah. And, uh, As Junior says. Exactly. And uh, you got your captain, your crew. And uh, you got some rats as well. So I think this idea of rat being somebody untrustworthy, somebody being that would be abandoning in a certain situation, I think it dates back. So it dates back to a few centuries, I guess. Uh, That's like going back 1600s or so. And... um, but going into mafia times, into maybe the 1900s or so, you know, where do, where did they adopt the term? I mean, you got like James Cagney line, which is the uh, yellow-bellied rat, which is commonly misinterpreted as uh, you dirty rat, which... Uh, Sir Paulie. I feel like Paulie may have said it. I could be bugging, but uh, Paulie does love Cagney. So regardless, irregardless. 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 Um, rats, as a term in mafia, um, there are some common terms that, uh, mafia used over the years, like, uh, canary, stool pigeon, mm. you know, like a canary, somebody singing <laughs> to the fed, somebody like that. But, um, so this idea of rat, was it adopted maybe through the sinking ship idea? Probably. 
But I had a theory myself that I said to Tyler, and uh, I think he agreed with me a bit because yeah, I enjoyed it. Being being New Yorkers, we are ever so familiar with the New York City subway mm. and New York City in general, which is full of rats, mm. big ones too. Oh yeah, they're so friendly, so friendly. They Sometimes like to just with come up and hang out with a piece of pizza and some turtles yeah. too. But, uh, Run right up on your feet. <laughs> Yeah, like a dog, they just want to be pet. They just <laughs> want to be petted. That's it. That's all they want. They just want a piece of beets. Yep. But uh, <laughs> yeah, my my theory maybe because mafia didn't originate uh, in America, so to speak, originated in America. It primarily in New York and the surrounding areas. But uh, since hey, a lot of rats there, you know what. Uh, Better thing to refer to a person to. That's uh, you right. know the vermin, uh, a dirty rat. <laughs> Bot, yeah. So uh, yeah, seems quite fitting. I think uh, I think that might be uh, the reason for uh, for rats for for why the mafia uses rats as a term. I think. Even if it's not, I enjoy the thought process. So if Thank it's not now, it is. Yeah, we'll tell your friends. Is, that's 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 the whole deal. We're putting it out there. And, and and another thing to add that uh, Junior even says a line similar. Well, to add on to the sinking ship idea that uh, when Junior's talking about the um, guys that get out of prison, season five, Feach, mm-hmm. Tony B, Angelo, uh, it's the class of '04. He says, "Old rats on a new ship." There we go. So you get the reference right there from Junior, right? From Definitely. New, right. So, uh, which is funny because that kind of brings us perfectly to the next animal we wanted to talk about fish because in so many ways it is it is connected to big puss who is of course none other better than a rat who is a big rat a big old rat big old rat but he is also referred to as a fish in ways actually early on with uh with christopher when uh not he's referred oh, to as a rat, right? But uh, going back to the pilot, talking about uh, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Although Christopher says Louis Brasi sleeps. Iconic. Luca, Luca Brasi. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> Which is a reference to Godfather One and Luca Brasi. They get the message that he is sleeping with the fishes because they get a fish wrapped up in his body uh, armor in his. Uh, Kevlar jacket, or what do you call it? What, am I saying the right body? Uh, bullet, I, bulletproof vest. Yeah, bulletproof, yeah, yes. yeah. In, in his, uh, the fish wrapped in the vest. And that is the message that he is no longer with him and uh, sleeping in the watery grave, which has also been a pretty common mafia phrase because, you know, it's a pretty common burial spot. Uh, water ways and uh, bodies of water, the mafia loves to throw the bodies in <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and i find it somewhat fitting in the sense that of course by the time that they do end up you know killing him and and going through the whole thing and dumping him in the ocean they are completely aware that he is a rat but they spend so much time being unaware and there's there's such a big element of the unknown and that's such a such a huge part of the ocean and even fish so much so to speak seafood you know they, they, a lot of people feel a lot of people who don't like seafood, they say, is because they're not sure about it. They're not, you know, th- this, that, and the other, and uh, more so the ocean. But nevertheless, kind of the fact that you can 
you know connect those two those two uh those two feelings at the same time i definitely think kind of plays into it i personally believe that there's a, a handful of moments throughout the show where the writers probably worked backwards a little bit and i think the pilot with what we're talking about here with uh, luca brazi and the fishes i think that might be one of those instances is uh, i think as we spoke about in the first episode if you believe his words uh, that David Chase has claimed that he was, you know, unaware un- of the success of season one, didn't plan for it, and was unaware that people were captivated about where Big Pussy was and and all that. So I'm not sure if initially that was always his plan. It seemed through his uh, some of the conversations he's had in interviews, like he realized he needed to make the season really big and and come up with a really big backstory here so i think maybe it's you know likely that they worked backwards from okay we we have this this little storyline already of a connection with with him and the luca brazi thing so maybe that'll be his uh his ultimate way out but yeah it's definitely interesting that they had that way you have that little connection there between the two right yeah and that show of him being an actual fish i think it's just so uh so funny and interesting like the whole episode is great. Funhouse, this whole, this whole dream for thing sure. is, uh, which uh, we'll get into in another podcast episode. The uh, some people don't like the dreams actually, yeah. which I find odd because they're some of my all-time favorite episodes. I understand why, but I personally do like them. But again, we'll get yeah, into that. That'll another be episode. that'll be a whole another big combo because yeah, whole lot of dreams to go over, but. Anyway, in this one, you got uh, Big Puss as the fish. You know, he's saying, uh, he goes, what, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm swimming. <laughs> I just think it's just so fun. It's like such a casual conversation. It's like kind of, I feel like, the reality of dreams in a way because like mm-hmm. you, know, you kind of have some weird shit happen Yeah, sometimes. And, uh, I had a ridiculous dream last night. I'm not going to get into it. Cause, <laughs> again, not the podcast. This is not the place, but it was absurd. It'll be. <laughs> <laughs> save it for the other one. Yes. Save it for that episode because yeah, that'll I'm sure it'll be good. <laughs> Anywho, um Yeah, the uh anyway four dollars a pound. Gotta love that scene. That's mm. just uh yeah, classic uh end to big puss, the whole and the beginning of Funhouse too. You have um uh the Indian restaurant they're at, you have a big plate right. of fish uh coming out and Tony kinda look at it and mm-hmm. then look back over at Puss and it's uh a whole lot and then the, he's having the zupa de mussels right. a lot of seafood references and of a good course, handful of seafood references of yes. course again this is one of those one of those instances it's a perfect integration because seafood uh, and many cultures but within the italian culture there's plenty of seafood plenty yes. of seafood dishes plenty of big big emphasis on fish and seafood yeah. you know we, we see it uh, yeah. it's uh, season and, two and, with christopher yeah. bringing matt and sean how important it is right and right. you know that, that which Maybe there's a little something going on there, too. We talked about that. We weren't really quite sure, so we wanted to maybe kind of save it for the podcast because we want to put our names on it without feeling too positive. <laughs> but nevertheless, again, some no, of the, some y- of these you things... You brought that up, and I thought that was a good point because, you know, you never know. Yeah. It's in within the same season that they're doing that all with Big Puss, so you never know. Uh, y- you never know. Could have been in the brain. Because, of course, Matt and Sean... We all know how they, you know, their fate. Christopher almost almost has a similar fate at the hands of Matt and Sean. Right. So, but and, not, and, really, and not really much more there. And Puss is it. there for Matt's, uh, for Matt's killing as right. well. So, yeah, it, it's all uh, connected. 
So um, uh, going on with the with Big Puss, also you have uh, the memory of Big Puss through Billy Bass. A of course. fish animatronic fish. A most definite fan favorite. Which is again. a uh, which is a toy from nineteen ninety nine. We're looking at one right great, now. Great, great year. I'm looking at one. Yeah, I got I got a couple actually because I'm I'm a fiend like that. We gave one away. <laughs> we gave one away actually. Yes. Which uh, you know what? We might do another giveaway next Christmas or maybe even sooner. We'll see. We gave it away to. Uh, Barry fifty two, I believe it is. We'll give you a shout out because you're a right, fantastic thanks. follower. Lucky right, Luciano, I think she got the. Name, she goes by. Oh, did oh she, she got, got the first. Different? I think she got the first. Uh, what did she get? I'm gonna uh, have to pull it up. I think she got the cards. Oh, she got the cards. We gave away oh, a few. We gave away a few. Who got things. the? Who we got were, the Billy we Bass? Oh, I know who got the Billy Bass. Very given. The blowout got the Billy Bass. Yes. I have no <laughs> idea what that means, so don't. All right, leave that. Tire blowout. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not here for that. Who knows? But another very dedicated follower. Yes, thank both you. of you are dedicated followers. Yes. So you to know all what? of our giveaway winners. That everybody wins. Yes, everybody wins when you're following Sopranos World on Twitter. And uh, so yeah, Billy Bass is a toy from the great year of 1999, and uh, I think it was an interesting. We talked about this a little bit recently that it's uh, it was a big consumer product yeah. around that time. I like, I remember seeing it on shelves. Yeah, it was like the hot. <clears throat> it was like one of the hottest things. They you know it was all over TV, social you know social media. Not quite, not not back then. Uh, <laughs> all over, all over pop culture. Mm-hmm. I remember they made a big thing about. It. I think the president having one. Right. Um, it was like one of one of the fastest selling items like in history. Yeah, right. so it was definitely. Yeah. used it, it had its impact m- for yeah. you know multi-purposed yeah and chased it a lot on consumerism and and whatnot so it was crazy to do this like double double up, this double up with uh you know his whole consumerism angle Just and a big flex on all of us a big flex biggest flex and yeah and billy bass reminding tony of big puss through a few times with georgie he smacks he smacks georgie around with mm. one and uh yeah, I mean, Georgie. yeah. Um, Polly two shows Christopher one. Although Tony doesn't see that, but uh, uh, Meadow does give one to Tony, gift one to him, which is uh, seems pretty traumatizing at the moment. <laughs> um, I mean, I gotta say, as cool it is it as it is, it is kind of scary looking fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> it does creep me out sometimes. But when it when I, it looks at you, it, <laughs> when it like, looks whoa. at you, it's got these. <laughs> Beady eyes. What are you trying to do right like now? Like a doll's yeah. eyes. Draws yeah. <laughs> reference for you. Um, but to move on with uh, another pretty cool fish reference that uh, I picked up that uh, we had looked into a little further, we found out a little more about was um, uh, Tony B uh, gets a pretty cool fish yes, reference. I like when this he, one. When he's doing his massage parlor, he's talking to Tony about koi fish. And Tony says, I, I'll get you a koi fish. Don't worry. Not a problem. And he gets Tony B these koi fish. And then we do see him again when he gets into the fight with Kim. And then the scene ends with a koi fish flip-flopping around on the floor. Gasping for air. Fish out of water, so to speak. Mm. Which is very much Tony B's situation at that point. Because he, he's uh, pretty done with his situation. And... uh He's gasping for air. <laughs> and the interesting thing about koi fish is yes. that they're often uh, associated with, quote, strength of character, perseverance, accomplishment, and courage. So that is very much his intention 
uh, when he gets out of jail and he's trying to stay clean. He wants to stay on the straight and narrow. He wants to do the massage thing. He's trying to, you know, he does the laundry job. He's tr- he's trying really hard. And eventually he just cracks. He can't take it anymore. The right. stress of it, doing too much, he decides it's not worth it anymore. And uh, that's what we're left with, that image of the koi fish once looked uh, looked like it was so promising, left just, you know, flopping around there perfectly as, right. as Tony B is left to go back into the dark world of the mafia. Right. And like like I said, so interesting that Tony is the one to gift him with these koi fish, with this idea of strength and this perseverance that he was looking for and uh, unfortunately it did not get. Oh, well. But that is a common story in The Sopranos. Yeah, yes. And, yeah, a, and life. And, and life, yes. And a uh, another... Um, another animal that had, I think, more of a, a mental uh, was more of a weight uh, on the mind of a character. Was this? Well, we don't know if it's either a raven or a crow, and uh, we another may one of your uh, shining, shining, shining moments here, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, the we'll s- we'll call it the blackbird, so to speak, at uh. Christopher sees in his making ceremony, um, making ceremony being being made, being made, being made. Yeah, he's okay. making. He's, he's, he's on the he's, toilet. He's. he's, <laughs> he's I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Some people ceremonies for that too, well, depending on the situation. I threw a ceremony with my dog for the first time outside. On the toilet. <laughs> you don't know what goes on, Makaya. Oh, I don't want to hear that judgment. Jesus. <laughs> She's a very smart dog. She's very intuitive. Those pa- <laughs> those do- uh, <laughs> her, her paws are unbelievably nimble and agile. She's fantastic. This is the animal episode, by the way. Right. Uh, Kaya is <laughs> my dog. I don't know if I said that specifically, but if you hadn't caught on caught on by now. Yes. A lovely dog. <laughs> I still have yet to meet this pup, so yeah, that'll, she, that'll happen. Soon. I'm, I'm keep, <laughs> keeping her, uh, keeping her safe until I feel completely safe with her training. Of course, but since she's still already <laughs> toilet trained, I should probably <laughs> take the <laughs> take the reins off a little bit. <laughs> I uh, be making one right. That that is what got us to this. Right, being made, ma- being made, making one. Um. Gigi making one on the toilet didn't uh, work out for him. Here we go. But, <laughs> but uh, what uh, you know, Christopher, what's weighing on his mind is this bird when he's being made, mm-hmm. this raven or crow maybe because I a I think <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. I think it is a raven. I thought maybe it was a raven originally. But uh, I did a little looking into this, into ravens and crows, some differences. I'd originally thought by the look of it, it kind of had like maybe a little ruffled feathers around the neck. Mm-hmm. And crows apparently have kind of smoother feathers. So I, I was like, eh, kind of more team raven. You've been showing stuff. You've been showing me stuff about this for probably like a year or two at this point. And yeah, I, I think it started with that. Yeah, because I, I saw this a while back and it had always kind of bugged me because I thought raven originally and then a few things kind of got thrown at me that's like well it could be a crow too i mean not the end of the world i mean whether it's a raven or a crow you know 
But um, hey, I think it has some importance. And uh, here's what I got for you. Uh, ravens, they represent wisdom and sometimes longevity, but they do mostly represent death, which I think is what Christopher sees this as an omen uh, of death. This raven, maybe? Or a crow, which crows represent transformation or change, which, uh, hey, I'd say he's going through a pretty big transformation or change at that point being made. Um, but the other thing that we have found from, uh, from translating some of the last names, because we know, as some know with the Multisanti, many saints. Many oh, really? Saints of, uh, I'm sorry, I just said. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just had to, you know, wow. just, just, just uh, brand new information. Put that out there. How about that? Anyway, <laughs> uh, you, you also got to burn many saints. Dickie has got to burn as well. Dickie's got to burn the garage. And uh, Tony sees it and he thinks that it might be an omen of death as well because then, uh, what's his name? Ray Liotta's character in. Hollywood Dick. Hollywood Dick uh, dies, and yeah, Tony thinks that is a connection with the bird he sees. So again, you have this idea of, well, I'm not sure if that's a raven or crow that Tony sees. Who, who the fuck knows what kind of bird that is? But, yeah, we'll, uh, do, we'll do that one another pod. For the sake of again. this conversation, in translating names, you got the other guy who is being made in that very same ceremony. Yeah, here's the intrigue. Eugene Pontecorvo. And Pontecorvo translates roughly, it's two words jammed into one. Ponte means bridge, which is a pretty common theme throughout the show. I think bridges are... Yeah, we see it plenty, especially early. Signifier of death, I guess, or coming death. Uh, you see McKaysey and jump off mm -hmm. one. I mean, that's sure, in fact, uh, yeah, was a death uh, the, off a bridge. The, yeah, there seems <laughs> to be either a connection to a death, a death happening, so some there's something going on when right. we see a bridge. So some some looming death. Right. And, yeah, which, you know, passing on to the other side, uh, crossing over of sorts, definitely is uh, in there. But um, Ponte and Corvo. Corvo translates to raven or crow. From what I found, unless, uh, you know, I did some pretty decent researching into that. But uh, any Italian speakers that like to enlighten us on Corvo, meaning raven or crow, and any bird experts, I mean, help us out here. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Jesus on. H. Christ. <laughs> some more uh, going into um, a little more into the raven because... I think also revolving around that time, a few episodes after, you have a very famous poet mentioned, Edgar Allan Poe, who wrote a very famous poem called The Raven. How and about that? How about that? What are and the you odds? have Jackie Jr. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> a very, the brainy Jackie Jr. <laughs> doing an essay that he did himself. Yes, it was definitely him. He definitely did it. Was not Meadow. Was not Meadow. That is clear. And he was showing off his big brains to Tony, telling him about uh, Edgar Allan Poe being from the Bronx, which is partially true. He he lived in a lot of places, but uh, 
we won't get into all that. But uh, you also got uh, another episode title, The Telltale Mozzarella, which is actually a play on uh, an Edgar Allan Poe story, The Telltale Heart, which is uh, one of my favorite stories from him. Great story if you haven't read it. But um, Chase also, David Chase, is quite the Edgar Allan Poe fan, as we've also found in doing some research into the finale of this great show. Uh, there was another Edgar Allan Poe poem that inspired something in that fina- uh, final scene. But uh, that will be for another episode as well. But I think this idea of the raven is heavy with him. I mean, a lot of people, when they depict Edgar Allan Poe, he's usually seen with a raven. So, I don't know, this idea of raven and crow floats pretty heavily for that. Uh, yeah, for that. And, uh, hey, let us know what you think. Do you think it's a raven? you think it's a crow? you think, who gives a fuck? It <laughs> <laughs> does work well from our standpoint from talking about the names yes because that it kind of brings us to another mm-hmm. animal that we do see we actually don't really see it very much and not for I, I don't know how many times we see one and this if we see a deer we're talking about christopher does shoot one in the pine barrens oh oh you know um uh you do see one febby with febby right he sees deer yes right right he sees some deer also yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. there's one I'm pretty sure is it a deer. Right? I think that's what he sees running off, like right. kind of. He yeah, looks, yeah. Yeah, it's not like a rabbit. Or something. Yeah, no, it's deer. Yeah, I'm not bugging you. But yeah. the interesting thing, I think, uh, plenty of fans are aware of this because that's the that's kind of the great thing about the show. So many of us love the show, and so many of us do our own kind of thought, deep thought process and research about it. That yes. you know, a lot of us come to the s- uh, same conclusions. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, we're not trying to be show offs or yeah. anything. I think yeah, a, a lot of, of a lot of things people have thought of before. We're not yeah. we're not trying to one up anybody. That this is what happens when it's a show that's been off the air for quite some time and uh you have a lot of people obsessed with it. So. <laughs> like like that that Moltisanti thing, like uh, Oh really? <laughs> again, just just to bring it up again. Just I wasn't just in aware. case anybody doesn't know. I was not aware. But I remember like knowing I mean I'd seen, you know, like when I early on seeing that name i was you know i had known i was like oh multisanti many saints okay yeah like i that one i mean also coming from an italian background yeah, knowing some words yeah. i guess you kind of some yeah. of them you get this one i did not know and i think you had brought this one up to me a while back and yeah the the serva or serva the female deer yes and of course our favorite everyone's favorite again i will die on that will die mm. on that hill because Oh, some people aren't happy with the way she handled the FBI. So, but other than that, she's a fan favorite. Irregardless, irregardless, Adriana Lacerva, and we see her for the last time in the woods, and we we assume she is shot because we don't see it in a somewhat similar fashion that you might see a wood. I mean, uh, you might see a deer kind of shot in the woods, mm-hmm. maybe less so. You know. The deer doesn't quite grovel in the way that she was, but nevertheless, kind of the setting about it. And you probably wouldn't shoot it with a pistol yeah, unless exactly. you're Christopher. Christopher. Hello. <laughs> How about that? And it's kind of interesting, you know, the w- him shooting a deer in the woods, it makes sense because that's kind of what you would expect to be the most likely thing, especially in that type of woods. You know, you're, right. we're not... We're in, we're not we're in, we're in the middle of Jersey here still. Nevertheless, this yes. is how this is this is a little freaking Jersey. That can be the lot. <laughs> so it, that does make sense, but also 
it's kind of interesting. It is like, you know, a deer is usually thought of as kind of a graceful, innocent creature, usually kind. Right. Uh, they end up usually being often very timid, despite the fact that they could be qu- they are quite strong right. and they could fuck and your day up yeah. in a hurry. <laughs> and they scare easily. You yes. Fuck your day up. Yes. Because they they just stare right at headlights and they freeze. So, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but they are definitely thought of as, a, as you know, a, a kind kind of innocent creature. And these this deer is taken out you know because of this mafia hit and this mafia situation gone wrong it's not even supposed to be a hit these are supposed to collect it's this mafia related situation has gone so off the rails and kind of happens with a lot of people in that are either get involved or either closely related to people and they're, and they're not involved themselves but just know people who are related to the mafia that they get kind of ricochet bullets or they get hit with bullets that aren't intended for them bad stuff happens to their life in their life that you know it's not supposed to it wasn't that wasn't the intention but just being closely so associated in the ro- or just wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. but yeah this is definitely some some interesting because I, I don't know if you can totally consider adriana as completely innocent i don't because she's aware of what christopher does so she doesn't have that innocence factor go you know playing into her but again, is it maybe an instance where they played backwards, where they had her name and they decided maybe let's try and incorporate this in somehow, some way? Because it's definitely not overt. You know, it's definitely something that you're kind of assuming, so to speak. Right. Because it's just, again, it's just just her in the woods kind of groveling away. She's not she's not really giving deer vibes, as the kids might say. Not at that moment. Not sure. that moment. And, yes. and like you said, the, the way still shoots her down is not exactly the way you would hunt a deer right but that that connection does seem somewhat yeah needless to say it and also we've mentioned too uh to each other uh that uh you know being that she had that name since early on you know it's not like they magically i mean maybe they backtracked so to speak in writing that not writing that well in writing in that she would get killed in that way. In that manner. Right. Yeah, in the woods like that. Um, where she could have gotten killed in a manner of so many other places. But um, rather than not ponder on that, let's get on to the next animal. Right, because not every animal that we see or bring or talk about has as much significance as some of the other ones. But we thought worth mentioning nevertheless. This one we don't see a ton of, but kind of has some interesting points behind it that we were talking about for a couple of days before this and that is the gorilla in the zoo yes when tony and gloria go and take their little uh, escapade to the zoo yeah, she likes to go once a year yeah who doesn't <laughs> see the animals yeah. gotta you gotta do it and they're kind of having that conversation and tony says she could, uh, you know, they could rip you to pieces. And uh, Gloria is saying that they're right. they're sweet, innocent creatures. Say, and it, they got got a innocent. Their eyes are innocent, like a baby's. Right. And Tony says, innocently maul you into ten pieces. <laughs> but uh, and Which then, but she says they. Just usually engage in what they call threat behavior. Yes. Which is very interesting because that kind of, in a lot of ways represents what tony is and what tony does exactly you know he's definitely that kind of figure he has that that that, that type of presence physically speaking i think he, even the way he's like holding glory he's holding gorilla glory right gorilla like like trying to wrap around mm-hmm. it right there. definitely and, uh, 
and it, it has and he he even responds you know he did all his mauling all he's got to do is just give you that look and right it's kind of like uh, maybe what tony does like you know he already did it he got his hands dirty you know anybody gives him problems he's just gotta give him a look give him a little threat right. you know and the whole crew so much of what they do a lot of times they a Isn't lot of times they don't need to go for further than the threat yes they will they're willing to they're going to if they have to but the get threat, the bolt cutters right <laughs> <laughs> but the threat is you in a lot of cases is what gets the job done right and um to go on to another animal shown in that whole zoo scene you have them uh mosey on into the snake exhibit and uh stuck in uh, hot and heavy around the uh I think maybe a boa constrictor, or maybe like a yeah, it's what I took Burm- it to be. Burmese python or something. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm no snake expert. Yeah, so no snake guy. That's it. If there are like any animal experts who got a gripe with, uh, you know, anything we're getting wrong here, by all means, yeah, apologize in advance. We don't apologize. Just just DM us so <laughs> so we can. So don't go after so we, the animals. So people. we could have a word with you. We 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 don't have the artillery for that war. <laughs> The snakes, anyway. <laughs> yes. A few characters are referred to as snake, Just as hey, somebody can be referred to as a rat, uh, somebody can be referred to as a snake. It is a could be a quality. And Gloria is seen as a snake, I think, uh, in ways. Um well, I mean, along with the them home wreck, so to speak, could definitely be thought of as a snake. Some, yeah, definitely. Some people yeah, might yeah. think of it that way, for sure. Yeah, and um, yeah, just um, there was what is it? The scene with Tony and Polly, or the, actually, you know, what am I saying? It's the scene right after uh, Tony and and Gloria talk about going to the zoo. Gloria asking him to go to the zoo. And it cuts right from her kind of walking away and smirking like maybe she kind of got her way to Tony and Polly watching. It's almost a slither. Like, yeah, I guess that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, because it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, she is kind of like a little back and forth. She's got, yeah, she's got emotion to her. And um, Tony and Polly are watching some National Geographic, some animal channel, uh, Animal <laughs> Planet, right? Remember that? Um on snakes and Polly saying a pretty funny Polly line, you know that. Uh, hey, you know snakes. Uh, snakes have fucked themselves. Like when you when you tell a guy you can go fuck himself, you know they've been like, fucking themselves <laughs> since long before Adam and Eve. Too. <laughs> exactly. Another great line. <laughs> exactly. Great. Some some think it's underrated. Some give it its proper rating. I think it kind of falls in between. <laughs> I think it was yeah. It was a very funny moment, especially given that. Yeah, that context that yeah, that glory is this, and also could be to Polly even, who is another snaky kind of character, you know, kind of going behind Tony's back maybe, with the. Well, yeah, there's yeah. definitely go. He, he definitely has snake qualities. Yeah. yeah. No matter there. no matter what you think about him at the end of the show, he definitely has some snake qualities throughout the show in season three, like you said, Pine Barrens. Yeah. Yeah. With the try, oh yeah, trying to turn it on to Chrissy, and yeah, he has a few moments like that. That uh, yeah, he doesn't want to take the full blame or uh, consequences of a situation, <laughs> you know. Kind of 
Yeah, there, there's points later on with the with the Barone situation with Jason where he doesn't listen to exactly what Tony tells him to do. Right. He he has his moments, even if you don't want to. You know, there there's some deep conspiracies about Paulie, which we're not we're not co-signing quite here yet. No, so, no, but no, I'm saying uh, even irregardless of all that, he he displays this behavior. Yeah. It'll be like we said, yeah, another another episode. We're gonna, I think we're gonna keep going on it, and uh, yeah, that'll be a big Pauly episode. Yes, big Pauly energy. <laughs> uh, one more mention with the snake. Uh, you got another that, character. That's the that's everybody knows BPE. That's what BPE, it is. Yeah. of course. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah. Um, another snake. Speaking of snake, <laughs> jeez. Any, uh, yeah. Another snake is um, Janice. Yes, because Livia, the great Livia, refers to Janice as a snake. She is talking to Carmela, and she says that, watch out for that Janice. She is a snake in the grass. And then you have a real snake in the grass. real snake in the grass. And then uh, <laughs> I love you have Livia so much. <laughs> so good. And you know what? That's, I think, season two, Livia. Like we said, her, yeah, she's her got, power, she's her influence diminishes. Not as much, you know, as it was in season one, but her lines and see that's what carries a character. Oh, yeah. She's got some whopper lines. Oh yeah, and a couple that I'm gonna mention. Oh, yeah. well, at she, the end because I think she's they, got some play. Yeah, I think she she's got a couple lines that really uh, wrap up this this fine episode, but not there just yet. Um, Janice being a snake. There's also another. Um, there's also another show of uh, a pool snake, mm-hmm. too, when Tony and Janice, I think, are having a conversation about Livia's house, I believe, when Janice just, you know, flies on back into town. And, and Janice um, definitely is a snake. There's no way. There's no yeah, two ways about that one. There is not a doubt about that, yeah. I don't think. And is a is a favorite of ours as well. Oh, because, yeah. Because uh, she is very much a, uh, a stand-in for... Uh, for for Livia, and many for Livia. Ways, yeah, yeah, big time, definitely. definitely. Aida, yes, all the love, all the love. We would love to have you on as well, if you're listening. <laughs> and if you're not, someone get her to listen, please, please. please. But on to the next, which is a big one. Which is a big one, which is the, which is our podcast's yes, as namesake. To, um, to start this whole thing off, why we're here. Pod oh my, or pie oh my, Goldie, actually, her real name, who just recently passed uh, last weekend, unfortunately, at the young or maybe old and not too good on horse ages, 23 years young, I'll say. She, uh, yeah. Uh, she left us to cross the uh, yeah, so the Rainbow Bridge uh, or the g- Rainbow Stables. I don't, I don't know what they call it for horses. But <laughs> anyway. Rainbow Stables sounds good. Rip to Goldie. Um, we, yeah, obviously did not plan to name the podcast and then have her pass on us like this. But, hey, we all go at some time. So, uh, unfortunately, rest in peace, uh Goldie, Paiomai, but uh, this uh, pod, this episode is for you. Yes. 
because it is about animals and one animal that's uh, pretty big throughout the show as well as uh, horses. Our horses. Um, obviously, you got Piomai. You got uh, you got Hesh with his horse farm from early on, season mm-hmm. one. You got Olivia saying the funny line, uh, whoever heard of a Jew riding horses? <laughs> funny, funny line. And I, I, I'm half Jewish. I have no idea what that means. If anybody it, is familiar, that's that's why I find that's I think yeah, is the no humor clue. in the line yeah, is that yeah, it I just so. doesn't I make no sense. Idea. It's just like what no, you I know. Don't. You kind of just turn your head like it. What? Yeah, how the, what, how does that make sense? <laughs> Actually, d- well, Dicky has Dicky Multisanti in the Many Saints has a similar line, and it's also a funny line in that sense <laughs> that he says to Tony about um jews in the middle ages he says i didn't know they had jews in the middle ages and tony says uh the bible yeah. <laughs> like Where you pretty fucking funny moment i gotta say um but horses yeah they uh they show i think um wealth and power and you know they i mean hey who owns and rides horses i mean you know it's a you gotta be pretty upper class i think to to own a horse and to be betting on horses maybe not so much upper class but uh the way these guys are betting i mean hey you know (laughs) yeah it's a very you know male thing kind of having you know being an owner you get to own this powerful creature Uh, you know you're there's an adrenaline 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 rush attached to it not only because you're betting, but in Tony's case, but because um, he's actually putting some input. He gets to have some input right. on the actual race. So, you know, a lot of a lot of males have a very, you know, innate and inher- inherent, you know, competitiveness drive in them. And when that when they that switch goes on, mm-hmm. they get a lot out of it. Yeah, and I definitely think that's a little bit uh, a part of it too. Like you said, not everybody who bets on horses is wealthy, but certain 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 races is that's definitely the case. And being a horse owner, that's definitely the case. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, having that power, like I said, having that powerful creature, you know, you know, being an owner of it, that that gives you the feel of having power. Right, a lot of people, and Tony is definitely one of those people who equates having things and money to having power. Oh yes, and uh, and everything like that. Yes. So it's it's a, it's another it's another toy to have, another thing to show off. Uh, but a, a money machine in a, in a way, if if they're winning, if they're doing well. But the love is also definitely real that he has. A, he has without a doubt, especially for yeah. For Pai Omai, right, which for is Pai. the which is the main horse. There are a couple other mentions I'll get to, but yeah, right. Pai Omai is the horse. It Tony shows a lot of love for that horse. I mean, when she's sick and he stays in that stable with her, I mean, pretty powerful scene there. Um, but going along also with that idea of them making money, you also have Ralphie, who it doesn't end well with uh, Tony and Ralphie, ob- obviously, but. Uh, Ralphie's talking about insurance money on the horse. You know, it's just a further way. You know, even in death, the horse is still making them money. So it's, you know, just really uh, for them, you know, just kind of easy money for them. You know, and they they don't really have to do much. They're not riding the horse. They're not they're not cleaning the horse, taking care of it so much, you know. But um, 
Yeah. I, I I think that's also part of why Tony has, you know, such a love for for creatures though, is because he does take care of them. Right, Tony. Be, right, yes. right, Tony. Right, right. That's that's the whole thing because Himself, yeah. you know because uh, you know w- with his sessions with Melfi and you know deep down we kind of learn that he kind of wishes that he did, wasn't have to be forced into the mafia and you know he wasn't necessarily you know of course Livia wasn't the warmest loving mother so kind of maybe sort of projecting what he wanted as a child type of therapy you know therapeutic thought process going on with him and you and you even have those uh, interesting uh lines about ralphie because that's that's another that's it'll also be for another podcast episode but talking about ralphie and his mother issues because he's another one like we mentioned with paul the last one he's got some mother issues not really talked about but uh you know, he says and you uh, see he doesn't want to talk about it as and he definitely doesn't want to talk about it. And uh, he says, you know, don't uh, don't worry about, you know, go hard on the whip if you got it, some something to that effect, you know. Mm-hmm. And Hesh is like, I wish his mother had yeah, you know, right. taken that <laughs> advice, you know. So uh, but, you know, you we really don't get too much of Ralphie and his mother and, uh, you know, this uh, whipping. But, uh, <laughs> you know, nonetheless, it's um Yeah all in relation to the horse and uh, the idea of horses um, in the show. Uh, you get a couple other mentions. You get Meadow Gold later on, which is pretty interesting, you know, having Meadow's name in there. And I think it means a lot because Tony, uh, Tony loses <laughs> in that one. So it's like he takes a big hit. And Hesh comes back in again for that one because Tony took a loss, so he's calling uh, mm-hmm. Hesh for a loan. So again, Hesh, the horses coming back. Uh, yeah, there's uh, and another animal we'll get to as well, uh, just uh, in a moment. But um, the the dog track as well, another money making idea. It's similar, total similar concept to the horse right. racing. It's just dogs instead. But um, um, also got the crazy horse. Another mention of horse. Just uh. Another one to just, throw out. Yeah, another just one to, just to throw out there, yeah, just because, uh, you know, just because it, it revolves around that uh, time timeline to just uh, just before Pyromai, maybe. But um, I forget uh, if that was in reference to the Stone Pony, a very uh, famous um, venue in Jersey, down in down by the shore, I believe, and. Um, I wanted to go to a couple shows there. It sounds like a really cool old uh, old place, but uh, yeah, it could be a, a play off that name, if I'm not mistaken. Anywho, the Piomai's best friend, other than Tony, is a little goat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, although not so innocent, really, because goats are sometimes symbolize sim- symbolic of the devil yeah not uh, always so friendly not always so friendly uh, look at satan sometimes. the devil baphomet as as they call that the goat-headed depiction but um this goat is not necessarily the devil he is symbolizing somebody else as the devil Who which has been confirmed by Chase, I believe, and other writers, and that and uh, that Ralphie is maybe not indeed the devil himself, but a 
representation. Uh, sure, sure enough, maybe a devil, you know, just a, not the devil, but just one, you know, of his many minions. So, um, another interesting thing in that is, uh, Ralphie then getting killed, obviously, over Piomai or maybe Tracy, which, uh, we've talked about this a lot. Tracy, but, uh, thoroughbred. Tracy is a thoroughbred, but oh, not on those chompers. Not on. <laughs> yes, uh, some horse references, yes, to Tracy. And then when Tony's whacking Ralphie, saying she was a beautiful, innocent creature, what'd she ever do to you? And, uh, yeah, uh, I think some people really speculate that it's more Piomai he's killing him over. Some people say, no, it's Tracy. I think we can, we both come to the conclusion that i think it's kind of both right yeah i i mean i i think if it was going to be tracy related it probably would have happened earlier i guess the thing that stops it from happening in that moment at the bing is is there are other people around so he can't mm. get away with it like that so this does provide him that moment to be um uh, you know alone to get away with it right. but i also definitely think that you know that drives him over the edge it's he's maybe at that point starting willing here and there to let certain things go he's making him more money so he's you know the 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 ralphie arc is an interesting one as it relates to tony you know they kind of go i, I want to say they go back and forth because tony always kind of knows he's got to keep an eye on him but throughout points of season four they definitely seem like things are much better than they are at you know at earlier points and then eventually it leads to the death so that's why I say it. You know, it probably has to do w with both. I think there's. Yeah. Th I think Piomai set him off, and then by the end of the episode, he looks at a picture of Tracy. So it's kind of like you know, maybe he did her as much justice as he could. You know, in this life, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, yeah. He definitely, definitely never forgot that. No. Never no, get, let him off the hook for that. No, no, definitely not. No, yeah, and he definitely, yeah. I think the way he treated him, and it showed. And again, she's more or less, you know, Tr Tracy had issues, you know. She she, she was raised by a mother who had issues, and mm -hmm. she w is a mother who has issues. But Which is a beautiful show of so many right. characters and in their real life. situations. And yes, and real life, but yes, but this generational hand down of traits and personalities but, and, and whatnot but she's also pretty helpless especially in that moment against ralphie you yeah know, you yeah. know she, she doesn't have that much oh yeah it's a very sad moment a lot of people say it's very hard to watch yeah, it, definitely. It, it is a hard scene is that i um, definitely turned away watching it the first time yeah and seeing it since still not much easier yeah. to watch it's one of those scenes that just is like wow not all yeah but uh yeah Rip Tracy, Rip Pie, Rip Lady Pie, and um, on to uh, the next. Yeah, another, that, uh, another this, few. Uh, this one's a little short-lived, but some some things that we thought about with and some <laughs> interesting <laughs> well, uh, connotations. Uh, yes, uh, which is uh, dogs, the uh, you know an animal we love. We got, I actually got my dog right over here next to us uh, as we're recording this. My dog Stella. <laughs> She's just snoozing away. Brr. But uh, 
Anywho. I don't really know what that noise represented, but it's staying in the podcast. So it's, it's staying. But uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of mentions of dogs throughout the series in different ways. Hard to say one dog means something so much more than another because you got... You got your cemetery dogs. Oh yes, which those are cemetery dogs. Yes, they they could have rabies. Right? <laughs> it was just something like that. Um, you got cemetery Anthony. dogs. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Junior. <laughs> uh, you got Barone Sanitation. They got a nasty looking guard dog outside, mm. which I think in that moment is maybe representative, rep, re- representing of uh, of Tony. In that moment, you know, he's kind of uh, hounding in and he's kind of a coos hound on that secretary. But, uh, you know, uh, you also got Melfi's Rottweiler dream, mm-hmm. um, which if that is also Tony is more of a protective uh, and uh, not so menacing, more of a, yeah, more of a protector of Melfi in that moment, which is how she, I guess, maybe views uh, how he could be in for in that situation um you also got angie bompensiero she's got a little dog little sal's dog you know that does poor things sick but uh tony didn't think it looked too sick you know nothing was too good for those dogs when sal was alive it uh it comes and goes the sickness as she says (laughs) (laughs) um i i was trying to look this up because i couldn't find the line exactly um i think when aj's talking to Devin, he mentions they had a dog when the when he was younger. Am I right on that? Do I you am, recall? I don't recall. Because I feel like she said something with like, "Oh, I imagine you having Corleone complex oh, yeah, with, with, with the guard dog or something." And I think yeah. he says, "Oh, well, we used to have yeah, a dog, but right? Died, but uh, di- uh, yeah, so, uh, something to yeah, that." I believe but so. I, I thought it was interesting, nonetheless, that. They they did have a family dog at one point when when AJ and Meadow were younger, but uh, yeah, interesting point because Tony also has a dog that we see a picture of in The Sopranos, but we do see him playing with it in The Many Saints. That is Tippy, the dog that uh, he gives that Johnny Boy gives away to the uh, oh god the lovely uh, Fran Fran. Another, another favorite, right? Day <laughs> to you. Oh, oh no. Oh, boy. I, I just won't. Oh, I'm boy. Sorry about that. Let's just stop it. Had a moment. All right. And this podcast is... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks <And> for listening. <laughs> I think one of, safely. The, one of the most popular dogs, though short-lived, too, um, was Little Cosette. And uh, Little Cosette uh, actually was a character in Les Miserables, the play, which took place in France, in Paris, France. How about that? And who else was in Paris? Miss Carmela Soprano. And who did she see in a dream in Paris? Uh, Adriana and uh, Little Cosette as well. So uh, a lot of kind of interesting Paris, France references with this little Cosette. I mean, I I tried. I was trying to see if there was really a deeper meaning with Cosette, the play. I'm like a uh, little dog getting sat on. I'm not sure if it uh, related so much to this very, uh, you know, 
in-depth play (laughs) yeah not so much i i think she more especially you know in season four when when um when aid is really dealing with the fbi she she represents a lot of the kind of danger that she's putting herself subjecting herself to kind of in a way like you you really when you go back and you watch it they they focus on Cosette a lot in season four we actually were the the moment when when Adriana really realizes, finally realizes that the FBI has been, you know, been been on her, we see it from Cosette's view up when when she's walking Cosette, and really the whole thing for me is she can't even trust Christopher to watch the dog. Yeah, <laughs> she's in she she's putting herself in so much de- uh, jeopardy, so much danger that she's surrounded by somebody who's not even not even capable enough to watch the dog between the drugs between being you know just a savage individual between all the mafia stuff between between being a violent boyfriend to her and she just can't walk away and she's just not going to learn her lesson she's just going to stay loyal she's like a dog she's going to be loyal like a dog, yeah. and unfortunately true. what is going to happen to the both of them they are going to see their demise. Be crushed under the the weight of the mafia. I was going to say the ass cheeks. <laughs> I guess that was a kind the of... The ass <laughs> cheeks of the mafia. Boom. But yes, nevertheless, there, there's there's definitely, in my opinion, something something there, there, uh, something there that Cosette represents in that season. I don't know if she, yeah. you know, it, it always has that connotation, but for that season, I, I believe they're they're kind of trying to portray her as that kind of innocent pre- innocent uh, figure who's gonna be smothered by all this danger. And uh, you know, I, I'm somewhat familiar with Les Miserables, but uh, maybe that could be, uh, you know, a connection. Yeah, I uh, am not to that character so. in the play. I, I'm not. Ex- yeah, I'm not. I had seen it a long time ago. I don't remember it a hundred percent. But yeah, if somebody would like to. Uh, throw light on that please let us know and um to go on to another dog that christopher interacts with but doesn't sit on thankfully no, yes, instead thanks. he shares a sub with it some parmesan maybe a veal parmesan maybe a meatball parmesan yes and we want to credit uh Multisanti girlfriend on Twitter, who is also the Multisanti. tremendous creator of the artwork yes. that you see. She actually made this point to us. Multisanti's girlfriend, and this is a point about Christopher. Yes, Multisanti's girlfriend. Excuse it's me. It's a perfect, it. perfect point. Um, Kiki, we love you, Kiki. Kiki, thank you for the art. Yes. Thank you. Um, but the point that um, this contrast of Chris sitting on a dog when high on drugs, and then a season later. He's treating it with such kindness and feeding it, and he's not sitting on it. He actually, it's maybe a change of heart. Is it just the drugs? Yeah, the erratic nature. Just making him chill with a dog at the carnival, at the feast. Um, Yeah, what, uh, yeah. You got uh, any more? Yeah, no, like I said, the erratic nature of not only him, but you know, addicts. Unfortunately, it, it comes and goes. Or you have sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You have highs and lows. There's there's so many things that go go with that disease. That, you know, could represent some of that. Right. Could represent some of his you know kind of recklessness in the sense that like 
you idiot why couldn't you why you you could do this now but you couldn't do this you couldn't do this for adriana you know he's he's that type he he can't get out of his own way he's constantly making matters worse for himself right so it could be some of that and that very episode we get uh, that the flashback of him going to tony to right to bring up that adriana is the in fact you know with the feds so it's a that episode is a hell of a ride in itself. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Chris um, and the dog, yeah. You know what? It could, who knows? It could bring that memory of Adriana that he sat on one dog and now he's chilling with this one. And, uh, you know, different times, different man, maybe. But, uh, yes. Yeah. But thank you, Kiki, for that tremendous insight because we definitely, yes, great. two of us hadn't thought about that. It one. was a good one. Yes. Yeah. Did not think of that. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, as far as dogs go, probably a few other dogs here and there, but, uh, we think those were some of the, uh, more popular mentions. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, we do have, they're not dogs, but I guess I'll mention, we'll bring them up now anyway. Yeah, yeah no, you actually in the rodent family, but we have the prairie dogs yes. that are mentioned when in season I believe it is episode three when Tony goes has that conversation with Junior, you know, the uh, the do you love me conversation after Tony learns that you such know, a tough scene to oh watch. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh yeah, it brings Dominic Kianese to tears when yeah. he brings it up. I think it yeah, brings us all as well. Right. And the, the, the everything with Junior's declining health and Tony's, you know, learns that the, that's the there's some real reality to that and everything. But on the TV, Junior's watching, I guess, like a documentary or maybe like, you know, an Animal Planet thing, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, on, on Prairie Dogs. And they they, they kind of focus on it a few times. So I wanted to look into it. And there was something that a couple of things that kind of po- uh, stuck out to me. And that was the alarm or the alert call that Prairie Dogs have. And from what I found they're you know researchers are not totally sure what it represents and they think it can represent a couple different things and i maybe i was just trying to find a way to fit it in but i thought there are a couple both of the ways were pretty interesting in terms of a mafia relation the first one one was that the pr- a prairie dog will alert the rest of the family of a predator with a call to be altruistic in a sense and they'll let the rest of the colony get away and be and hide and be safe and draw attention to themselves and draw the predator to themselves so the rest of the colony can get away so they're taking one for themselves which Mm -hmm. kind of is what represent or is what is represented when uh somebody in the mafia goes to jail does Mm -hmm. 20 fucking years does their time maybe does their time 20 fucking years never admits the presence of this thing (laughs) and that's kind of what they're supposed to do, right? They're supposed to take the hit for the family so they can keep everybody else can keep on surviving, keep on earning. And you get into the whole they're supposed to be paid back and that doesn't always happen and leads to animosity and blah, blah, blah. But that kind of mindset is supposed to be ingrained in a, in a mafia uh, crew member. It doesn't always turn out that way. We have a lot of rats, but that is definitely something that we su- we're supposed to see. One of the other ways, however... And I thought that this one was definitely interesting in relation to Tony and uh, Tony and Junior specifically is that maybe perhaps 
it is done conspicuously or rather it is done in a way to to draw attention to maybe a prairie dog will use the call to confuse certain other members of the family and make them become aware uh, make the predator become aware of them as they try and scurry and they're frantic and they can get away and they can be safe and that's kind of what tony does to junior in a sense when tony kind of lets him be the boss and the idea behind it is i'm going to pull the strings behind your back and you're not going to know and you're just going to be the front man and you're going to take the hits and i'm going to be able to skirt away and i'm not going to be able to deal with the jail time right and what's interesting is junior in that conversation mentions says something like hey look there's the coyote yes which is one of the main predators as i read basically everything is a predator <laughs> of, the, of the prairie dog because they're a rodent so mm. not they can there's not much they're fending themselves off against but they do make reference of this predator like i said through junior's line so could be like i said some type of interesting play on kind of how either the mafia works or what tony is doing to junior because it certainly sounds familiar that's the way i see it at least yes and it, yeah it makes you wonder who's the the coyote in the situation who's who's preying on who because yeah cause like yeah like all you stated that tony putting junior in to take the hit junior took the hit so now hey maybe he hey he takes his piece out of tony uh and he does do that, right? In a somewhat of a way, he uh, he gives him one. And he initially he tries to put the hit out on Tony initially, originally, originally, so right. So yeah. he's definitely doing that. So a lot of interesting ways you can look at it. But I, the way that there was a kind of focus on the prairie dogs in that scene after watching it a few times, I was just like, I got to learn more about it. Some, something yeah. tells me. No, so that's, yeah, you had brought that up to me a while back, and I was just like. God damn, man. And I couldn't really find that. I don't think many people really uh, caught on to that one. It's something not really out there. So yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. I'm I, sure I there are some people. So if you have any yeah, opinions. Yeah, like, like we said, yeah, not to, yeah. yeah, we're not the only ones that uh, have have hit these points. But, we're, uh, we're, big but we're big believers in that you could come up with the idea on your own without it actually being original to of yourself. Course, of course. So millions of us out there as, like we said as far as i feel though on that i think that was uh pretty original on your part uh but well yes, i try it was a, it was a good it was good find uh, good i try and to go to uh, another animal that's yes. uh, quite the opposite size of a yes. little prairie dog a big old bear oh, da yes. bears a uh, big fan favorite and season also five. yes also in season five actually not really a fan favorite just a prominent figure yeah, uh, yeah, prominent for season five. Like we said, duck season one, uh, yeah, fish, fish season two, three. This bear, he is season five for yes. sure, and he is a pretty unwanted guest at the Soprano household. And this is at a moment when obviously, uh, Carmela and Tony are trying to. She's trying to split from Tony. He's not having it. And, uh, you know, he keeps intruding into her life and, you know, not letting her go. And the bear's kind of doing the same thing. He's coming into the yard. He's not going. Carmela tries to yell, hit some pots and pans, and, uh, you know, he keeps coming back like Tony, which I feel this bear represents Tony very much, this big, uh, intimidating figure. 
But and it's also interesting because we talked about they kind of, s- you know, at least AJ thinks that they kind of need Tony to handle this. Right. So is it, and is just, that kind of how the way it is for Carmella and Tony at this point in Carmella's life, she's really reconciling with the fact that she's made wrong decisions. She's not happy and she wants to move on, but she's kind of at a point in her life where her family set. What options does she feel that she has? She kind of feels that if she, if she leaves, she'd be like trapped to nothing almost, so to speak. Right. So it's kind of a f- you know the presence of I don't want this figure, but I have, in one sense I do sort of need this figure. Right. Yes, and and yes, that to that point he yeah he's the only one that's protecting her from this bear, this uh, thing that may symbolize uh, himself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's trying to get rid of him, but kind of needs him in a way. Not that she so much needs the bear, but. Uh, yeah, she does need Tony to get rid of this bear to be the the big man in the house, you know, because AJ is not doing shit with his right. drum set, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and to to kind of hammer home the point, we we also talked about maybe there's some tort some sort of like kind of play on words, so to speak, with the uh, right to bear arms in that entire conversation right. because yeah. that's a big big part of this whole ordeal is um first that you know uh tony sends benny and eventually himself out there mm-hmm. with with the rifle the scope uh, yeah <laughs> Wait, that's where we we see the grenade which i personally love uh, yeah which is yeah very interesting it's like what is what is the deal with that what is the deal with it never they, used too it's like right. come on now they I'd love to see that thing used in something but they have uh who is it they who is it they call the animal control people and they, and they talk about how they, they can't do anything until the animal does something mm-hmm. and burl uh burl limits about shooting shooting the not being able to shoot in that area and yeah it's just is that a little bit part of the kind of conversation because it seems to be that that's what make every what that's what make it's the only thing that makes everybody a little at ease is having somebody out there with a gun right bearing arms right bearing Literally, arms yeah. so uh, is there a little um kind of play on told that they yeah. said get some bear arms <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fucking terrible <laughs> but you never know like we said so just something something to consider yeah no definitely um and the finale of that season to uh, hit home on that idea that Tony right. is represented by that bear, uh, his dash home from Johnny Sack's house through the snow, dashing through the snow, and then he comes <laughs> through the bushes, kind of, uh, you're not sure what it is at first. Is it the bear? Or, boom, it's Tony. And for what it's worth, what does he do running home? Drops his gun. Yeah. <laughs> no, He's no longer bearing arms. And he's no longer bearing arms. Yes. Boom. Great point. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah there so you go. I think that... Uh, so something yeah. <laughs> to consider. Something to chew on. I think that nails it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, another uh, another uh, small mention of an animal, because it is in season five in the midst of it, um, another animal of the woods, uh, a raccoon, which uh, Tony and Aid swerve out of the way for. To avoid and flip the car and uh, um, 
was wondering what the idea, maybe if there's anything behind using a raccoon. I mean, hey, what else are you going to swerve out of the way in the middle of the road? But uh, I was looking up what raccoons meant to like represent, and they do represent trickery or deception, which at that time, aid is deep uh, as an informant for the FBI. And Tony, in that moment, is he deceiving Chris by trying to, you know, get around the bases with Adriana. It's a interesting thing to think about, I think. But um, it, uh, you know, that idea of de- deception, because Chris is definitely not uh, on the idea that they were just going to get coke. He, he is, you know. Right. Pretty on the idea that uh, he's being deceived by Tony, by Adriana, and yeah, maybe the raccoon has a little, maybe it's a little insight, not insight, maybe a little symbolism into that situation. Also, maybe, also just maybe a fucking raccoon makes sense. Middle of the night, <laughs> in the like, road. yes, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> like we said, yes, uh, could be either or. We've uh, could be both. Unfortunately, have uh, hit a few raccoons, you know, in our in our driving days, but. Uh, R.I.P. to uh, you <laughs> raccoons out there. Um, um, another one to uh, kind of end out that uh, season five, which was a big death. Uh, in that, uh, well, in that same episode with Tony coming out of the bushes, uh, seeming to be the bear. Uh, you have also Tony B. getting whacked, and that uh, animal, that animal Blundetto. Yes, good point, and. Uh, there's um throughout the show there are a lot of references of eggs and hey what shout out to uh, Uncle June shout out to Uncle Not June Not stepping on the pod at Crados Prano I believe yes his, um, his podcast with pulp with pulp he He's does been... an extensive dive into eggs does a great job we're not going to get into that so much um I think we are in the same idea that, you know, the eggs like the oranges in God in the Godfather movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this, I you know, symbol of maybe uh, death or a bad omen, you know, to come. Uh, definitely used in the same way. Uh, and orange juice also was used. Oranges and orange yes. juice used in, uh, of course. in with pulp, obviously, <laughs> as, as uh, his uh, podcast is so uh, properly named. But, um. Yeah, eggs. Anyway, um, yeah, they're they're big throughout the show. But chickens, though, chickens. You got a few references of chicken. You got the the guy with the, the eggery. You'd call it eggery. I think mm. is what it's called, right? Um, and he's got his little chicken. You know, his eggs and his chickens. Uh, his little store that Tony's the uh, landlord over. But uh, and Tony says, you know, that funny that he's. Uh, which came first, chicken or the egg? You know, stupid, stupid joke. How many times do you say that stupid joke? You know, but it is a good point. It's uh, almost it's an existential question on life. Like you know, it's like a Big Bang Theory type question almost. But um, in reference to Tony B and the ends of season five, you get a uh, few views of chickens. You get Tony stepping in an egg. To then uh, come to the conclusion that well he has to whack Tony B at this point, and you see then Tony B driving up to that uh, 
house in a kinder kinder hook right mm-hmm. and um there are chickens running around as he's pulling up chickens eggs ho and then you have him holding groceries in the groceries you can see a box it looks like kellogg's i believe to be cornflakes cuz when he's shot and laying there on the ground it, it looks like there's cornflakes kind of scattered on his face and those are familiar with cornflakes what is on the box? A rooster. There's your chickens again. Chickens and eggs. Chickens and eggs. And but it just uh, so happens that the box, not related, but the box says, a world where dreams come true. So that's nice. And his dream did not come true. Yeah, how about that? But uh, anyways, um, the chicken's nice and spicy tonight. <laughs> just had to throw that in there. One of my favorite Uncle June lines, by the way. Uh, he's like at a fucking funeral. I was like, chicken's nice and spicy, huh? Right, <laughs> right, we're talking about with the. I mean, you know, you're making a joke, but we, this was a theme throughout the show: how people behave yeah. at funerals and at oh, wakes. Yes, I yes. mean, he's doing it because he's he's going crazy. He's having a moment, right? Yeah, but <laughs> nevertheless, yeah, it's a great mention. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, another one, another animal we were talking about. So to go forward. Um, and this was into season six. Yes, a short-lived one. Artie Buco deals has a problem with a rabbit because it is eating his arugula. Can't have that. He brought Cannot them seeds have. all the way over. I got to say, I fucking love arugula. I might do the same if, if a rabbit was munching on my arugula. Right as much of an animal lover as I am, I'm sorry to say, but jeez. <laughs> yeah. Especially re- if I smuggled them in my shaving you're, you're kit. You're really trying to get the animal people to come after us. <laughs> in the animal episode, In the animal less, episode, I mean, no less, yeah. I'm sorry. Putting a target on our back. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> rabbits. Artie kills a rabbit, so hey, come on now. But, uh, you know, he uh, he kills a rabbit, which rabbits are known as a symbol of good luck. The lucky rabbit's foot. Most notably, I think. Um, so, in a way, and at this moment, Artie's not having such good luck with Vesuvios. He's having a pretty... He's having to give twofers, you know. His he doesn't have much good luck throughout the show, in my opinion. He doesn't opinion. have much throughout it's the quite show. quite the punching yeah. bag. Yeah, to say, say the least. Yeah, he... Not not much the reason luck. why I'm a, I'm a stan. <laughs> yeah, we, we do love Artie, his gestures yes. and whatnot. <laughs> but he kills this rabbit the symbol of good luck at a bad time of bad luck for him. Then he keeps the rabbit though. He throws it in the fridge of Vesuvio's and on a night where he's just got one couple sitting there and they're closing up, uh he cooks up the rabbit. And I think that is oddly enough a turning point for him. It's like he's he takes out his dad's cooking book and uh he's getting back to his roots and what he started that restaurant and business for, you know, and uh the rabbit helped him, you know. That good luck maybe came back. Yeah, and, and I, I, yeah. No, it's a and the just the kind of connotation that's a, attached with that it was eating the seeds that came all the way over from Italy. It's kind of you know going back to your roots type of thing. Literal root, yeah. Yeah, literal. I mean, that's eating them. Yeah, connection. all of it. It's yeah. all. It's all. It's all right there. Couldn't have said it better myself. But, but defi- definitely the way his luck kind of swings with it, for sure. Perfect connection, yes. And um, I think to 
wrap this up with our final animal mm-hmm. of the What Kind of Animal podcast. A big yet small one. A big yet small animal. Maybe one that eats rabbits. Maybe one that eats rats. Maybe one that eats mice. There we go. Which would be a cat. Kitty cat. Meow. Meow. <laughs> what the fuck? Fizzing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She loves that song. Yeah. <laughs> Great song. Um, <laughs> there's a cat mentioned there. And um, uh, Italians... And maybe a lot of other cultures are pretty superstitious with cats being bad luck. Again, to go with that uh, idea of luck. Um, I know the the line that Paulie says with the cats taking a baby's breath. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. My mom said my grandma used to say that. She believed in that, and I think that's pretty. It's pretty interesting, you know. It's uh, they believe in some wacky things, but then uh, you know, is it true? Is it not true? You know. People still believe in wacky things, so people believe in some crazy things. I'm not gonna name but any of those things. Yeah, we're not there. gonna, we're not gonna get into that. But uh, cats in general, you don't see too many cats throughout the show mm-hmm. until the end. The safe house. There is a cat at the safe house they're hiding at, who comes in at one of my favorite moments because they are watching one of my favorite shows next to The Sopranos. The Twilight Zone, and the Twilight Zone creepy theme music is playing as this cat uh, strolls on into the picture. So, again, with kind of the superstition, this, you know, cat kind of ominously coming in. Is it good luck? Is it bad luck? Is it nothing? Well, that's for you to guess. But um, some people believe in the theory that uh, the cat represents... um, a sort of there's a uh, a lot of uh physics references from John Schwinn when Tony's in the hospital separate entities and then you have um this idea of this cat being symbolic of Schrodinger's cat which anybody's familiar with Schrodinger's cat it's this uh, experiment with uh putting a cat in a box with some decaying radioactive material and in not viewing the cat the cat is both alive and dead without being observed because the radioactive element will decay and kill the cat eventually. Without observing it, this cat is both alive and dead. And some people think with Walden, he says um, something to that effect of uh, his mother or aunt had a cat, somebody, a family member had a cat that uh, looked into the intersection of two walls, kind of like it was looking into a box, which... Uh, that has been something that has been noted before by others, but uh, something we wanted to put out there because it's a theory people uh, look into with the alive dead, with the mm. end of the show, the very end with Tony. What happens with him? Yeah. Is he alive or dead? <laughs> but um, also, a lot of people have this theory that this cat could be Chrissy, could be Adriana, maybe. With all the cat print that she's seen wearing. Yes, her very last scene, the very last scene, her very last episode, should I say, long-term parking, one of her, the first scenes she's in, when Christopher calls her the smelly Valentine. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Right around the corner. Coming up. Hope everybody's the cuffed s- up. Smelly Valentines. <laughs> <laughs> 
but she is wearing a like tiger print kind of pattern um which is pretty interesting and uh then she is no longer with us and this cat's staring at a Chrissy picture so some people have a theory out there could the could the cat be uh Adriana could it be Chrissy he's looking at himself maybe or like Tony says is it uh, just staring at abstract images abstract images Chrissy's I, big nose. <laughs> I personally believe that this may be one of those moments where David Chase is maybe trying to have a little fun with us as he's been uh, reported or alleged to be uh, so be the case that he always kind of liked to sometimes do the opposite of what was expected and not give people what they wanted or, you know, make people you know, go a little crazy trying to figure out what's this and what's that. And I think there's so many things that it could be and that it makes so much that so many things are plausible that I think like kind of Tony says to, to Paulie, like it's just a cat. Yes. It's just a cat. Yes. And I, and I, I, I kind of think, and you know what? A lot of people, like you said, to start this off, whether it's culturally or just their own personal preference, have a lot, uh, you know, harsh opinions about, cats you don't really see that as much as dogs you will hear you know not everyone's a dog lover but usually if you hear something well, about babies are like animals they're like no different than dogs here we go as we're, livia says we're getting there <laughs> but uh a lot of people or some people will have you know a very harsh view of a cat well, you know the the idea of a black cat being such bad luck all th- all these different things but in a lot of cases people are really just going crazy over nothing. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty small, innocent creatures. They'd be a little mischievous, be a little crazy, need a lot to handle sometimes. But <laughs> so can a dog. So can plenty of other animals. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, For sure. so I, I, I tend to think that there's maybe much to do about nothing with that one. But at the same time, I do believe a lot of different theories are plausible there, like in the ones that you yeah, had just mentioned. There are a lot, like we said, uh, big superstitions with cats so uh you know is it a whole lot of nothing is it a whole big nothing um and here it is but uh the perfect bow i think that's just a perfect way to wrap into that uh to this ending um as livia says one of uh my favorite lines because we had said she kind of uh her her role diminishes from season one to two but as she's bedridden is bedridden in the hospital she says one of, I'd say, a pretty prominent line of hers, which is, why does everything have to have a purpose? The world is a jungle. And if you want my advice, Anthony, don't expect happiness. You won't get it. People let you down. And I'm not naming any names, nope. but in the end, you die in your own arms. Mm-hmm. You mean alone? And she says, it's all a big nothing. Mm-hmm. What makes you think you're so special? And I think to that effect of what she's saying, the world is a jungle. All these animals we've mentioned, the characters in the show as animals themselves, as us all as animals, we are all animals when it comes down to it. And I, you know, Livia is right to a point. I think this world is a jungle. There oh, yeah. are There are animals out there, you know? And is it all a big nothing, though? I don't know if I agree with that. 
for next time. <laughs> <laughs> for next time. For next time. We'll find out if it's all a big nothing. <laughs> Is it all a big nothing? Dan will put it to the test. Tune in for next episode three. Yeah, we will put a GoPro on him as you know. <laughs> as I dive into the deep nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, it is a great, like you said, it's a great bow to kind of put it all, put it all together. Wrap it all together. And I think uh, this, yeah, like I said, the idea of Chase painting Jersey with all of these different animals it really makes the soprano world seem like a jungle but it's our very own world it's nothing unreal um, i can't say it any better than that folks so we appreciate very much for you listening to this episode a bit longer than the last but uh i hope you enjoyed a lot of great info yes we'll definitely have more for you in the future and you know like i said valentine's day i hope you're cuffed if you're not what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you know the world's a jungle (laughs) you know you die in your own arms it is what it is you listen to live (laughs) all right everybody thank you